Well, this kind of sucks. <laughs> it's uh, it's a rough day here. I know that uh, a lot of people have heavy hearts uh, today, and uh, so um, we thought we'd maybe uh, throw out a little podcast just to kind of provide some some hope uh, to swim in that trouble uh, together uh, and uh, and ponder as we look ahead to to Sunday. Because I know that uh, many of us are uh, are thinking about. Um, Preaching Sunday morning, guiding people through worship, and uh, whether we be north of the border, south of the border, somewhere on the planet, um, yeah, we're 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 in need of uh, some help right now. So, anyway, this is the Illuminate Faith podcast. In case you you uh, didn't realize, uh, I'm Dave Axley. My name's Doug Peck, and I'm Isaac Mundy. And this was just something that kind of, as a result of uh, most of us not sleeping last night as we were watching the election results in the United States uh, uh, come in, we thought, why not just put out a podcast? And this may be just for us. <laughs> it may just be therapy for each of us, but, uh, but we hope that what we can do with this uh, podcast is to help kind of think, ponder through all of those things, because I know it's, it's weighing heavy on my heart. Uh, as the father of two American kids, as a uh, husband to an American wife, and uh, knowing a lot of people having spent time in the United States doing ministry, it's, uh, I'm recognizing the pain that's, uh, that's not only down there, but is in other parts of the, uh, the world as it relates to this, and, and the uncertainty uh, surrounding this, wondering, uh, you know, is there hope on the horizon for us? And uh, unless we're able to find that hope, it's going to be difficult to, to, to make it through Sunday morning, uh, but we're going to get there. So what we're going to do in this podcast is talk about just our own feelings and then maybe ponder the text for this Sunday, which we don't usually do. We're not a lectionary podcast, but uh, we'll ponder the text together. And, uh, and then I think at the end, we're going to share all those things that we love about America because America needs to feel some love today, right? Uh, absolutely. And, and I think like maybe many people in America... Uh, certainly half of Americans and, and many Canadians likely feel grief. I think that was the feeling that I named this morning um, for myself, just feeling grief after feeling a sense of shell shock, a sense of uh, paralysis and, and knowing that I'm a leader to a faith community, two faith communities in a rural context and, and likely a lot of my congregation members would be feeling the same way, grief. And it's so wonderful to be a person of faith and to know that I have so many friends that are also people of faith, and namely you two, Dave and, and uh, Isaac, and, and then just writing you guys and saying, I don't feel good, right? I, I, I'm not feeling good. And, and then the conversation between us starting that, let's get together. Like, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the faith issues. Let's maybe podcast about this. A and that's, that's, you know, uh, in one sense, it, it was exciting to, to, uh, to talk about that, but, but, but also individually, it's always fun to work together as colleagues. As an individual, I started feeling my grief turn into hope. My grief start to process, that moving beyond paralysis and, um, and discussing the faith issues in this with you two really helped me process. So something that, that I want my congregation members to know, and I've sent them an email out and, and reached out through, through other social media venues to say that uh, if you're feeling grief, in church we talk about hope. So make it to church on Sunday. If, if you don't belong to a church, this is your opportunity to name your own grief and say, I want to feel hope and find a congregation to go to, uh, to, to, to look for that hope. Be active and intentional 
about finding your own hope beyond this grief? Yeah, I think it's 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 so important eh, to be able to have those spaces just to be there in the midst of of that hurt and to be able to almost kind of like sidle up alongside of uh, uh, scripture passages or something that can be inspiring to us when we are having these feelings of uh, of hurt and and for me I think fear like I feel fearful about okay what's going to happen in terms of like um, our planet's climate what's going to happen in terms of um, different people who really need help uh, in terms of being able to move away from spaces of conflict and what's what's going to be going on and um, it was it was neat this morning because I mean you see so much on social media eh, in terms of the way that different people are responding to all the different news and um, because I, I mean within the United Church of Canada it's probably uh, for the most part I mean not all but a lot of the time more left leaning um, there is kind of more of a, a grief response than a, a happy happy joy joy uh, a response in terms of uh, uh, what's taken place in terms of the election but it was kind of neat I saw one of my colleagues in Montreal just said listen for the morning and part of the afternoon um, it was at Cedar Park United Church Elizabeth Jones she, she just put out there come by and if you need a space to pray just come and pray and be there and I thought that was such a, a great idea and uh, to be able to to have that space to be able to go there and pray and uh, just be there with God in the midst of uh, what's going on and uh, uh, and I know for me, I'm thinking about uh, we have a weekly or a, um, sorry, a monthly uh, pub night for for young adults. And so it was important for me to put out there that, you know, we'll have space to be able to talk about how you're feeling about things and what the future might hold and what your concerns are, what your hopes are. Um, and, and immediately had really great response from a bunch of different people. So I think it's for us kind of opening up a space for people to be together and to, to be able to process it alongside of God. It's so key, I think, to, uh, you know, we think about our, the importance of our presence, you know, as, as ministry staff uh, and, and as people of faith, um, that in these moments, uh, these critical moments where people are questioning, where, the, where, they're, where they're trying to process things, it's just so important to, uh, to be there uh, within, that, uh, within that space. And I'm kind of, um, you know, I'm, I'm mindful of a, a number of uh, different things that, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to my time you know, spent uh, you know seven li- years living and doing ministry in the United States, and uh, when I arrived, it was just actually a few weeks before September 11th, 2001 happened, and I'll never forget that that moment, that that need uh, that was there with the youth of our church, that they just needed somebody there to be a listening ear. They didn't need the right answers necessarily. They they weren't sure how to process things, but what helped was just being together, and and so. Yeah, being with you guys today is really helpful for me. And I should mention, here we are at Pub Milosh, a favorite spot of ours, sitting in some holy pews that used to sit in some sanctuary somewhere. So there's a sense of uh, the divine in this place. That's why you hear the sweet jams in the background. (laughs) That's right. I'm not sure what that is. But anyway, hopefully we're not breaking any copyright by uh, having that in the background. Um, But... uh, yeah, just that, that presence, that, that being with one another is so important, which is why as we look ahead to Sunday, it's such a critical thing. But even in the midst of, of looking ahead to Sunday, there's that, that, that wonderful thing that we can be present also, you know, from a social media standpoint. Um, just uh, just uh, this afternoon, actually, I, uh, I tweeted out something that uh, was a Ted Loader prayer, and, and this is one of those great things where, you know, hey, what a wonderful thing that I can actually share a prayer with 
you know, my community of faith and my friends and, and, and colleagues out there just with the push of a button. And, and I want to share that with you because I think that in the midst of what we're experiencing right now, this is, uh, this is so key. Um, Ted Loder shares these words. He says, you know, Lord, plunge me deep into a sense of sadness at the pain of my sisters and brothers inflicted by war, prejudice, injustice, indifference, that I may learn again to cry as a child until my tears baptize me into a person who touches with care. I just love that that image there, that, uh, you know, that, yeah, as we ponder moving towards hope you know that there can be that that sadness or that anger that we process together but that it can be something that blesses us and moves us to that next uh, that next level us us being together as colleagues has been so hope filling for me and 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 us talking about our role as ministers to encourage others to be together in person that the quick response for so many and I know I felt it in my bones and and likely uh, you guys and other colleagues is anger and sometimes my own anger just leaves me shocked and, and paralyzed and and I've heard it said that anger is always a secondary emotion. There's always a primary emotion behind that, whether it's fear or sadness. And you guys have just labeled them both. And and, um, and that's so helpful for me to process my own anger in, in these times and, uh, and get at the deeper root of things because um, I worry that in today's uh, social media-driven day where I'm so happy that, that people are communicating uh, in any way they can, but, but very often communication when fueled by anger and smugness and, and disdain can, can um, encourage that mob mentality that we don't find healing in today's world. And, and, and so we want to encourage places of worship and places where peace can be uh, filled in someone's heart when they when they do feel paralyzed by the the angry emotions and and you know the concern of the divide that's in uh, America but certainly North America that that you know we're all affected by this the world is affected by this and and, and we don't wish uh, as pastors as clergy to to fuel that and and sometimes uh, smugness comes through or or or, or whatever and, and all of a sudden we we end up not honoring uh, all people that we're called to serve. Um, uh. You know, like thinking about, so so there is like all of that kind of uh, <laughs> like roiling turmoil on social media that can be there. I found there was one thing though this morning that I read that was really helpful for me in terms of putting just things into perspective. And I'd already been thinking like, okay, we're coming up to Christ the King uh, Sunday. What, what does that mean in, in a few weeks? And uh, there was this uh, one uh, guy that I went to seminary with who um, he, he put up this this one post. It was a quote of uh, John Henry Newman, who was uh, like a really uh, important thinker in the uh, in the past in terms of uh, in, in the Catholic Church. But he said the, the one, I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but uh, um, the one uh, political statement that I can get behind or that's important is Jesus is Lord. And I think for me that that really just helped in terms of putting things into perspective, whether it had been Hillary Clinton who won or with uh, Trump winning or whoever wins these different contests or comes into power. It's important for us as, as Christians to put into perspective, Jesus is Lord and that 
um, for us, uh, I mean, that's where the buck stops. And that's where our hope begins, I think, is in that sense of, okay, there are going to be places in the world um, at different times where there are injustices, where we completely disagree with different policies and, and different things that are taking place. But what we can trust is that in this life and in the life to come, um, what things come down to is that Christ is the one who is ultimately in charge and um, that we can count on and trust and will be that abiding presence that I think we feel with one another and that we, we try and create for people in our congregations, but that the Christ is always going to be creating that space. And that's where um, I've been finding a lot of comfort. And so I, I was really grateful for that in terms of just being able to see that and think, okay, right, I can breathe in that and, and know that, that that's, that's core to who I am as, as a person of faith. Yeah, and I and I think in terms of uh, you know the the in charge, you know Christ being in charge, it's it, it's something to ponder, you know, because so many people look at it from the standpoint of well, every president is divinely you know elected into office and that type of thing, and uh, you know, but how do we look at that? And 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 I think that we we have to see the t- kind of two worlds that exist, right? Uh, that the world that we live in and and that kingdom of God living that we're called to live in as well So maybe we should just sort of dive into you know because I thought maybe let's just go through the gospel text for this week Because I think it's actually really fitting um, I know from my perspective uh, last week. I, I preached uh, on the Haggai uh, piece uh, not often that we, we come across uh, Haggai in the lectionary uh, cycle, but uh, um, in that passage, if, if anybody preached on that last week, uh, it was uh, a passage that where Haggai is you know, sharing prophetic words and encouraging the people to rebuild the temple. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, they, they've uh, found themselves in a rut. Uh, they are experiencing a great amount of depression, and the temple is not complete, and he's encouraging completion. And oddly enough, the very next week in the lectionary reading, we have Jesus in Luke 21 talking about the destruction of the temple. And I think that, you know, just the timeliness of, of that, you know, uh, rebuilding and tearing down. So I just want to read this because I think that there are so many, it's amazing how the text, how the biblical text can confront us in these moments. It's why I love the lectionary so much and following it is because it can really speak to what's happening in our lives. So I, I like to read from the Common English Bible. So uh, here's what the Common English Bible says in Luke 21, 5 to 19. Uh, some people were talking about the temple how it was decorated with beautiful stones and ornaments dedicated to God. Jesus said, As for the things you are admiring, the time is coming when not even one stone will be left upon another and all will be be demolished. They asked him, Teacher, when will these things happen? What sign will show that these things are about to happen? Jesus said, Watch out that you aren't deceived. Many will come in my name saying, I'm the one, and it's time. Don't follow them. When you hear of wars and rebellions, don't be alarmed. These things must happen first, but the end won't happen immediately. Then Jesus said to them, Nations and kingdoms will fight against each other. There will be great earthquakes and wide-scale food shortages and epidemics. There will also be terrifying sights and great signs in the sky. But before all this occurs... They will take you into custody and harass you because of your faith. 
They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will provide you with an opportunity to testify. Make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance. I'll give you words and wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to counter or contradict. You will be betrayed by your parents, brothers, sisters, relatives, and friends. They will execute some of you. Everyone will hate you because of my name. Still not a hair on your heads will be lost. By holding fast, you will gain your lives. And thus ends the reading. And I feel like that post-election takes on a whole new meaning for me. Um, any thoughts on the text? That text post-election, absolutely. There, There is definitely, for me, a, a sense that this this is one part of the narrative, right? Our own frustration, our own anger, our own disappointment can make us think this is the end of the story, and yet there is much more to this story. Uh, Isaac, you reminding us that that Jesus is Lord, that that you know Trump is not Lord. If if Hillary Clinton was elected, Hillary Clinton's not Lord. That Evan McMullen <laughs> had he been elected, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and we are in control and empowered to to bring about um, the coming kingdom as as we feel called and, and see fit. The, the the issues that are are there on the table for us. Uh, whether it's Islamophobia, encouraging uh, congregation members and, and today's Canadian culture to, to not fear uh, fellow people of faith, um, to, 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 to realize that uh, people in distress around the world need our help and we're called as people of faith to help them and, and to be a voice and let our voices be loud. Trump showed us how having a, having a loud voice and, and using the proper mediums works effectively. We can do that as, as we feel fit as followers of Christ. Yeah, and, and I think that, yeah, so many good thoughts out of that. And, I, and I'm mindful of, you know, as I was going through, I quite often when I'm looking through the text, I'll, I'll highlight kind of the trouble sections within the text and, and, uh, and, and also the, 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 the points at which, you know, you would identify as, as the grace within the text, you know, and I'll do the trouble in red and, and the, uh, the grace in green. And there's a lot of red in this text here when I first looked at it. Um, and it, and that's di by design, I think. You know, this is certainly, you know, Luke's writing in a time where the temple, you know, has been destroyed. And so, you know, pondering the words of, of Jesus, what what is it when your world is, is torn apart? How do we rebuild? You know, where's that hope within it? How can we indeed hold fast? And uh, I think right now, if I were to describe where I am, it's sort of like, I, yeah, the temple's just been destroyed. <laughs> because I feel like there's a lot of, questions most certainly about you know questions that relate to my own daughters you know what I've always believed that to a certain extent you could look up to you know people political figures and you know for the last eight years I feel like for the most part they've been able to look up and, and be inspired by people like Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and not that you know one person or another could have made all the difference in the world but I think that when it comes to you know, Trump and Trumpism, it's, it's troubling when we see that because I think that it's counter to what we read 
in scripture. It's counter to what we believe within our own, you know, faith traditions. And, uh, and so what is going to rebuild us back up? And, uh, and perhaps what's going to rebuild us back up is that, that, that reminder that, uh, that reminder <laughs> that, uh, that the body of Christ is actually, it, you know, as, as we think about temple being destroyed, you know, built up, destroyed again, it's like, well, what's that temple? Well, it's actually, you know, we are the temple. We are the body of Christ. And, but it's not me individually, but it's us all. And, uh, and the importance of being able to rise above. And, and how did the early Christians survive that, that destruction of the second temple? And it's by recognizing that, you know, that the, where God was, you know, was, was beyond that. And, uh, and it's within each of us. And, and so I think that if we're, start to, if we're going to start to repair this, it's, it's acknowledging you know, that, that all of us together are the body of Christ, you know, and that we need to care for one another in the midst of that. There's also an individual story in there, isn't, isn't there? When I, when I hear you speak about this, Dave, I, I think about uh, everyone's coming-of-age story. I, I think about how, uh, whether it's an elected official or someone that you've looked up to growing up, they're going to disappoint you eventually. They're, and, and eventually you're going to see their weakness and you're going to realize that, you know, you, you are your own individual. You are your own man. You are your own minister. You are your own woman. You are your own uh, whatever you are in your vocation. It, there's, a, there's a time to acknowledge uh, your own individuality and, and begin growing and, and carving your own path and answering your own call um, and, and deciding how you're empowered uh, to do the work of good, whatever it may be, whatever those resources may be uh, that are given to you. But, but to realize, yeah, it's, it's not about a big fancy building. It's not about a bunch of resources. It's about a spirit that you put into it. And, and Yeah, and I think too, like if you think about the temple and the temple getting torn down, like sometimes the temple just needs to get torn down to kind of get back to the basics of what it means to be that people of God and that community of faith that y- you no longer have, you know, all the different stuff that you thought you needed to be um, in a relationship with the people that you loved or in a relationship with God. But I don't know. I just have found sometimes, at least in my own life, there have been times where it just seems like everything gets stripped away and you think, Oh, this sucks. This is terrible. I can't believe this is happening. And yet you you get to the the heart of the, that situation even if it could be really terrible and and somehow Christ is still with you in the midst of it and there's something I mean you never want to walk that road, but once you get to that place, there's something very beautiful about it as well in terms of realizing that uh what abides, what remains uh is is God's presence. That, that reminds me of, I don't know if you've seen it, kind of a more obscure film from a good number of years ago, but uh, the film Searching for Bobby Fischer, which, which is about, uh, you know, no doubt, uh, some connections to Bobby Fischer, the, the uh, uh, chess champion, uh, and uh, kind of the mystery around him, but actually the story about a young chess prodigy, uh, prodigy and, uh, and how I, ben Kingsley's in the movie, and he's the the chess master that's teaching this young kid. Uh, Max, I think, is his name, and uh, so he set up the board, and he says to him something along the lines of, "You know, checkmate is in like sixteen moves. Don't move until you see it." 
And so he's looking at the board, looking at the board, and he's like, I don't see it. I don't see it. He's like, just be patient. Don't move until you see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. And finally, Kingsley's character says, here, let me help you. And he just violently sweeps off all the chess pieces from the chessboard. And the kid looks on the ground and sees all these chess uh, pieces that have flown by. But then he refocuses and he looks at the board and he sees it. And and you're right. I mean, I think that that often, you know, if we think of this in terms of, you know, I mean, kind of setting aside that trauma that would have been experienced by the people uh, with the temple being destroyed. Um, there is that reality that often, you know, when that's stripped away, it allows us to see better who we are. And perhaps that's meaningful in this moment, too, because, you know, when we're stripped raw, when we find ourselves at, you know, where the board has been swept away and all of our hope has been swept away with it, it's like, well, how do we rebuild hope? And we know how to do that. And, uh, and perhaps that's it's within us. Exactly. And perhaps that's the challenge that we're faced with as we look ahead to Sunday is that like the board's been swept away. And sometimes we can see that as a gift of like being able to actually see, you know, properly for those who experience so much grief in this time and, and looking in their outside world and in their external world and saying, there's nothing to run with here. Uh, God is calling us to look inside and say, hey, I need you to use your gifts and bring them out. What, give me your gifts and use them. Stop looking outward and, and saying what's lost, but look inward and say, what gifts can you bring out and bring to light and use for a new good? How about for you guys in terms of where you see the, the hope in the midst of all, all of this? Or are there places of hope or, or, or gratitude that you can find even when there is all of the, everything that's kind of been stripped away or feeling pretty raw right now? I think that when you look at this situation, it might feel like you know, the end of the world. And I know that there were moments, especially, you know, if you're watching late last night as the news stations were reporting on what the, the, you know, the stock futures, you know, were doing, you know, of like absolutely tanking. And it looked like, oh my gosh, the, the world is about to end <laughs> as a result of a Trump presidency. Uh, I'm reminded that, uh, you know, we've, we've made it through these things. And, and I mean, there are, if you look at, this is another thing I tweeted out today, but uh, you, you look at the, uh, uh, when it comes to the vote across the country, that millennials, you know, by and large voted, you know, for something different in this past election. And so that gives me a lot of, uh, of hope. Uh, I look at my own daughter who, you know, when she woke up this morning, she was like, this is a joke, right? You're, you're joking with me. Uh, but then I was sharing with this, you got you with the, this with you guys uh, earlier, but uh, you know my daughter's like 12 years old, and uh, and she decided to share this image on on uh, Instagram uh, this morning and just took a picture like of of straight just black a black image and, and wrote these words: "Good will win even when we can't see it. Some people just don't understand. Maybe he will change, maybe he won't, but I know in my heart that it's going to be okay." And yeah, somewhere she has the capacity within her to find hope. And often it's like we've got to look to, you know, children and, and, and youth to find that, that hope uh, when we're, we're in the midst of trouble. Uh, Isaac, I'm, I'm thinking about the question you've posed at us. And, and 
I'm now that I'm feeling a bit more hope than I did say this morning. I'm kind of going a couple steps forward than a couple steps back because I'm realizing I am in such a place of safety within my role of privilege uh, as a Canadian, as a as a as a white male, and and I'm. I'm now so curious about those who who surely must be afraid that, you know, sometimes you hear uh, responses from Trump saying that, you know, well, I didn't really mean those things. And, and it, you know, I'm not a racist to uh, these closest friends of his. And but but still, there is such a a. a uh, a riot mob mentality that can build up and uh, we, we see it in the Philippines right now where, where a leader is, is talking big and it's inspiring vigilanteism uh, in, in the worst of ways and, and, and there's just people worried and afraid, minorities worried and afraid and how do we stand with them? How, how do we, uh, do we use our own positions to, to be a presence of hope uh, for, for others? Another thing comes to mind here, you know, we were just coming fresh off the heels of our last podcast episode, and I was thinking about what Caroline Lewis was sharing with us in terms of, you know, the question of why preach, which I think is timely when we think about in the context of what's going on within the world. It's, you know, this is another answer to that question of why preach. It's because, you know, we need good preaching, you know, that... that We'll see, many of us will see on Sunday morning, so many people showing up, especially south of the border, but here in Canada as well. We'll see people show up. And why preach it? Well, it's because people need it. And and what do they need? You know, as she shares at the beginning of our conversation with her from the last episode, she said, you know, the sermon is God's way of showing up and saying, I love you. And if that's the one thing that we can do, on a Sunday morning is just serve as a reminder of those promises that we have in God saying, I love you. Jesus at, at the end of this, you know, passage says still not a hair on your heads will be lost by holding fast. You will gain your lives. There's something powerful to be shared. Like in the midst of like chaos, earthquakes, wide scale food shortages and epidemics, there's just like lots going on within this, but there's still hope in the midst of that too. And so, Perhaps that hope is just that that love, you know, will find a way to create a crack in, in, in the, the darkness and let the light shine in. Why preach? It, it, it makes me think so, so many people are using their voice in today's day and age to spout off rhetoric that just isn't helpful. And, and yet to Caroline Lewis saying, why preach? To let God's voice step in. And, and express a love for us and, and, and what a better usage of a voice and of a medium and, and uh, it's been around for so long and, and I, I think we're attesting now more than ever it's, it's still very much needed Doug, I am fired up to hear you share a good word this week. <laughs> so I look forward to that. And that's something that, you know, I guess that's giving me hope because I sense, I can see within both of you that, man, if I, if I needed somebody to preach to me today, tomorrow, Sunday, you know, that I can trust that you guys are going to be able to do that. And so hopefully I know we've got those relationships within our communities of faith that, that people, you know, trust us and, uh, and, and come to rely on us, knowing that, that we are sensitive to the movement of God's spirit and, and, and how, you know, God has a good word for each one of us. And speaking of good words, I thought that we would end the episode by just speaking 
kindness <laughs> to the United States of America because in the midst of all this, there's a lot of hatred, I think, that's going to be spewed most certainly on half the population or at least half of those that voted in this election. And, and it's sad because I don't think that we fully grasp all of those people. Certainly there are some deplorables <laughs> in that, <laughs> if I can use that word, um, in that group. But I think that there are some people that just... They just don't quite understand, and so and so. Let's let's maybe let's think about those things that we love about the United States of America, aside from the fact that I've got three wonderful Americans, three people born in America and the United States of America living in my house. I love them dearly with all my heart, and they're at the top of my list uh, for things. What other things do you think of when you think of America? Uh, well, I mean, I haven't spent a lot of time in the States, um, but one of the things that I, I did like when we were living uh, in uh, Quebec that uh, also has its whole uh, <laughs> different divides, uh, a province that I experienced a lot, and uh, it's interesting to see how it plays out in different places eh, in terms of uh, different situations of conflict. But we would always go down, or a lot of the time we would go down um, into Vermont because uh, it was um, not so far from the town where I was uh, first ministering, and we would go to this uh, one church down in Burlington, Vermont. and. Uh, um, you know, as much as um, I think kind of as like sort of this almost like timid Canadian, even when we get into Vermont, which is probably like the most Canadian-esque <laughs> state, we still found it like people were more outward and like uh, um, it was kind of refreshing. And when we go to church there, you know, people were really welcoming to us in a way that I, uh, I mean, people are really lovely in a lot of Canadian churches I've been to, but there was this warmth and this outwardness that uh, we really appreciated and uh, this uh, uh, participatory nature of the way that worship was and uh, so that's something that I kind of just hold dear in my heart are those uh, experiences of going down to Burlington and uh, being in those church communities and just uh, having that warmth and, uh, and open hospitality because uh, I think that sometimes uh, as Canadians we, we give the states like a bad rap about being like oh uh, people are loud or different things like that but, but there's an outwardness that, that really warms your heart so I really like that we, we are so quick sometimes as Canadians to, to be a little critical with our perspective from the north. And yet mm -hmm. you, you meet any Canadian going to America and just falling in love with a bunch of individuals they meet and, and, and building relationships. Right away, I'm going to say, I love Weezer. I love Pearl Jam. <laughs> I love the Beastie Boys. Amen. I love De La Soul. There are so many fine uh, Americans that, that just have enriched my upbringing through their music. Doug, a tribe called Quest <laughs> on Saturday Night Live this <laughs> weekend. Amen, Brother Dave. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that myself. You took the words out of my mouth. I think there's such good art music you think about bruce springsteen you think about yeah all those bands that the muppets <laughs> the muppets yes exactly <laughs> so many fraggle rock uh, yeah there's there's so much good art that has been i mean i've been moved by so many you know poets songwriters artists you know i i'm just so uh touched by uh by the, the and that, and that's going to be one of the things that i was saying to to our oldest daughter i was saying today that you know what what's going to help us rise out above this what's going to help america is that this is the time when there's going to be incredible art created you look back at when 9-11 happened and out of the ashes of of that of grand ground zero some incredible art uh was created uh, and uh, and so if there's one thing that gives me hope, you know, there's a, a, despite the fact that we have uh, uh, most of the, the, the best 
comedians in the world, there are also some good comedians that have come out of the United States. I think of people like Jon Stewart uh, and uh, Samantha Bee, and although, no, is she Canadian? No, I think her husband's Canadian. We're going to give, yeah, we'll give America Samantha Bee. <laughs> Anything else? Great food. Great food. Can I say? Double down. Double down. <laughs> Not the double down, no. I'm thinking of like Creole food. Like if you've ever been down to New Orleans and have just enjoyed that cuisine, if you've gone to Cafe Du Monde to enjoy a, a coffee and a beignet there, some great food. It's, all, it's not all fattening food, but there is some incredible places in the country. Even the fattening stuff's really good. If you go to Philadelphia, make sure to go to Jim's Steaks on South Street, and you'll have the best steak in Philly. There, I've laid it on the line. Anything else? I guess what we're just trying to say is, America, we love you, we support you, and, and we as your neighbors to the north are looking uh, to, to be in solidarity in, in any way we can and, and, and understand your frustrations in any way we can to be a part of the, the, the removal of the chasm that, that has been created and and the, we won't wish to be a part of the unity and healing that that is needed and drop by for a poutine sometime cut in <laughs> you're always welcome up here for that yeah well let's let's celebrate the fact that we do have hope and uh and thanks guys for uh for helping me process this and uh and helping us together move through this and uh and just know, if you're listening to this podcast, that we are praying for you if you're leading worship uh, this Sunday, if you're preparing a sermon, if you've pressed pause on preparing that sermon to listen to this. Hopefully we've perhaps provided a, a spark uh, for something. Perhaps God has spoken through us uh, and has given you some images and, and something to, to hang your hat on. Um, but, uh, but know um, whether you're... Canadian preparing for uh, uh, worship this weekend or your American searching for some hope um, we are there with you and we're glad to take this journey with you and with that I guess uh, we'll bid you adieu and say have an illuminated day <laughs>